Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 174 of the Picas Ready podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello, hello. And this week, uh, more 10.2 news. We had more raid testing. We've got more Mistweaver changes. Well, okay, we've got notes for more Mistweaver changes. And uh, we have confirmation of several bits of the tier piece puzzle uh, for next year. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, actually, how was your raid? Uh, raid was, I think the best I can say was uneventful. Um, so went in there, went, you know, cleared everything. Um, did it roughly the same speed as last week. So it takes taking us about two hours to get through everything. So, um, it wasn't bad. I think it's funny. We've, we put out the word after raid this week that like for basically everything, but the final two, like we're going to start just bringing as many alts as we can. Like people want to play other classes just so we have some gear on other things. Because yeah. I think we're sharding like ninety percent of of what oh yeah of what we get like it's it's getting bad so um that might slow us down uh coming up this week but um but no it was a it was a solid solid raid week so it wasn't uh nothing yeah nothing yeah. of note we'll say <laughs> we had we had our first one night clear like actual one night clear like last week we got everything except for Magmarax on the first night and then we went back mm-hmm. and we did Magmarax for vaults uh this week everything. Um, did take us about the full four hours. Uh, so not quite your, your two hour slams yet. Yeah. Um, we got to clean up our, uh, Neltharian and actually Skarn was a, last week Skarn was not a problem. Last week we got Skarn in three pulls. This week it took us like 10 and it's just like. Skarn for us is one of those bosses where it either goes extremely well or or it is a. poorly. Or just say, and it's not even like, hey, we wipe in the first 10 seconds. It's like just the slow, like losing people, losing people, losing people, yeah. try and hang on. Okay, yeah. we're five minutes in. Let's finally wipe it. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's, um, <laughs> that's definitely the case for us, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we I we don't do I don't because you I think you do a bunch more swaps than we do, which I think is the big probably difference. Um, yeah, we uh we are. I've told our healers we are done swapping healers. <laughs> like uh, i or rather previously i would be like proactively swapping healers around every week to get people in on different bosses and keep things fresh and right now yeah. i'm like i'm not swapping things unless you ask to be put in on a boss that you're not in nice and if yeah. you ask for it we'll, we'll swap it right that's not a problem it's just that i'm not going to be proactively shuffling around all of the healing comps every week yeah yeah that's what um well, luckily, I think this this week coming up, I might I might get a chance to sit most of them because we just uh, we have a new trial that's starting. So basically, get him in on most things, and then basically, you know, I would just be in for probably get one vault slot, and then the rest of the time have him heal and things like that. So yeah, we're gonna start, and yeah, we'll continue to do that. I mean, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but um, but nice, dude. One night clear, they're nice. No, nothing to yeah. do tonight. Gonna hang out, you know, play some. Probably just play some more WoW because that's, that's all all that's interesting nowadays. So, I've been working through Elden Ring. Oh, uh, nice! I played. Uh, I did my thing where I for any Souls game, Life of P came out. It was a slight aside, but played Life of P or yeah or yeah. Lies of P or whatever the yeah whatever that the Pinocchio game is. Um, 
realized again to hate Souls games. Um, took about 45 minutes to kill. I don't even think it's the first boss. It might be the first mini boss. And promptly just quit. I'm like, I this is not for me. I'm done here. Um, but yeah, Elden Ring. Nice. Nice. I hate those games. Um, all right, well. It, it's no, such a good game. Fair. I, I, I've, I, people. You, you can always them? play it. You can play it like my brother does. My brother finished the game. So like he just like found a good spot to farm XP basically. Uh-huh. And he just massively overleveled. And I then you can just like crush bosses. That's fair. I should that and does does Elden Ring do like the Spectre system that some of the Souls games do where you can like have a companion come into boss fights with you if you yeah. pay a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it'd be easy. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try it out. But but I've been been heavy into Wrath lately, still on my Wrath kick. So nice. Yeah. Um, been getting getting geared up for ICC because that's soon. So, um, but cool. Enough about these games that aren't retail. Wow. Um, we have a uh, a couple of of news things, and then like I said, a couple of these are going to be like quick wrap ups. Probably some stuff that's been out for a little bit, but we haven't had a chance to directly talk about it. And then um, a couple other things before we get into I think the main topic we open the show with, which is we're you get some notes on Missweaver. So. Um, first up, some good news if you care about merging of multi-billion dollar companies. Um, the CMA, which is the United Kingdom's Competitive and Markets Authority, it's a government agency over there, gave their preliminary approval between Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Um, and so for recapping, the CMA was the final like major country authority that was holding up the merger. It had been approved basically everywhere else in the world. Um, and so um, the CMA basically today said... They are conditionally approving it with final approval still to come. I think in early October, like the uh, the I think um, the the consultation period ends after this uh, the sixth, and then the eighteenth is the final deadline for their final uh, decision. But it looks like um, with Microsoft or yeah, was it or sorry, with Activision selling all the cloud streaming rights to their entire games catalog to Ubisoft, um, that sort of has you know, cleared one of the major concerns the CMA had, which was that they thought Microsoft would be too strong. But like, let's be honest with ourselves, cloud gaming, not that big a deal. Like in the grand scheme of things, like I just tried to use it because I have Xbox uh, Live, whatever, whatever the Xbox services, um, which is actually a very good deal right now if you care about it. But it does come with cloud streaming. Never works. I mean, it works for like the small indie games, which are like small in terms of size, that like right. take like three seconds to install anyway. I tried to run um I tried on life of whatever lies of P, whatever the, that game is, through cloud streaming. It never yeah. launched for me. Yeah. So um but yeah, no, it's um it's good news for the merger. If you own Activision stock, you are I think you're up this week. Um and so you're you're having a good time. But yeah, it looks like the merger will finally at least be a formally approved, and then it's the fun part of actually integrating or merging these two companies together. So it's kind of funny. Like, I know we talked about when it first was announced how long this process was going to take, but we've been talking yeah. about this almost every week for like a year and a half. Yeah. 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 Massive mergers. Like, luckily in my my real life job, I deal with a lot of this stuff. And so, like, I knew, like, once yeah. you get into the billions, it's like a year, years long ordeal. And particularly with two high profile companies like, you know, Activision yeah. Blizzard and, and Microsoft. So, um, but cool into the merger if you're excited about it looks like it's going to be approved uh shortly fully and then then they'll get to start to integrate everything so 
Um, so cool. So that's all the non, we'll say gaming, wow, specific news, but CMA approves it. Looks looking good. Preliminary approval, sorry. Um, so a couple of things we missed from the 10.2 like news, you know, fire hose that came over the past couple of weeks. Um, first up is it looks like there will be, of course, a raid skip in 10.2 for, um, what's the name of this raid? Amdrasil? <laughs> Amir Drasil. Amir Drasil. Um, but the nice part about this is it actually looks like this skip will go directly to the last boss, um, potentially. So just based on the way the layout works, I believe that's what, that that's what they were saying. So maybe are you, it might, or it might go to Smolderon. That is true. Which is what the, the boss, two bosses before the end. Yeah. Yeah. That would be like having to go to Magmarex, uh, this year, which is, well, we'll see. I hate it. Just give us, just give us, like, what was, how was Jaina's raid? Okay. Uh, Jaina, uh, Bod didn't come with a skip. That was the end of expansion that they added the skip that you could just but they talk just, to the dude. They just need to, they just, every skip should go before the first boss, directly to the last boss, and then you get to clear whatever you want later. It should turn, you know what actually should happen? This is my, this is my want, is it, it should, the skip should basically be you zone in and you can skip right to the last boss. If you kill the last boss, it turns the rest of the instance into like a mythic plus instance after you complete it, where none of the trash aggros and you just run to whatever boss you want to kill. <laughs> and you kill that boss, right? Like don't none of this, like everything stays active, back clearing and all this fun stuff. Just like if you use a skip and you kill the last boss, you get to go wherever you want and kill whatever you want. That's, what I, that's the world I want to live in. <laughs> Sounds like you've been playing too much COGC. Oh, it's, it's so, there's no trash. You just roll up in there. So great, dude. Just bosses come out. There's a little bit of RP. Oh, lovely, lovely. Instance actually sucks, but yeah, it's nice that there's no trash. Like, Faction Champions is still bad 15 years later, by the way, in case people uh, are wondering. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the other things we missed, there is going to be the Dragon Isles Pathfinder. Uh, achievement next uh next patch and obviously like we can already fly in the dragon isles that's kind of one of the key expansion features what Mm -hmm. this brings is the ability to use non-dragon riding flying mounts in the dragon isles and the requirements for it much like um shadowlands not that high uh you basically have to do the main dragonflight story quest on any any character uh you have to complete uh including the 10.1 story quests. That's actually probably the highest requirement of the whole achievement that you have to have completed the 10.1 story quests. And then you have to have explored uh, the zones and you reach Renown 15 with all of the Dragonflight factions, which I take it back, that's the highest one because my Renown with the Loam Niffin is like four. Oh, right. I forgot they're a faction. Damn it. Yeah, I'm gonna be screwed. Not that I, to be completely honest with you, like I don't mind dragon flying in the game. So like, yeah, this is very much like for people that want to AFK fly to things, or people that have like accessibility issues with dragon riding, where yeah. there are people who don't engage with like the high end content in the game and play it as a more casual, slow paced game, which is great. Um, but dragon riding is not really a slow paced thing a lot of the times yeah um so it's for for those people it's for people who want to afk five places um so yeah that's cool it's cool that they're adding it they're bringing it they're bringing it as an option 
I wonder though what that'll do. So here's the only, here's actually my main concern with this is that, so I use, like I have a bunch of mounts that that I don't, I don't ever stick with one mount. So I have a bunch of mounts that I favorited. Yeah. And the cool thing is in the game, of course you have like summon favorite mounts and it summons a random one that you favorited. The nice part is that it basically summons the mount based on what you can ride in the situation you're in. Right. So, so if you're in Dragon Isles, Dragon it's, Isles, it's yeah, always it's a dragon riding mount. Exactly. Yeah. And then if you go back to the old world, it's old world flying mounts. Or if you're somewhere where you can't fly, it's old world, you know, ground mounts. And so now with this in it, I'm wondering if they fix that function. Because that's going to suck. Like I'm always going to want a dragon ride. You know, you could, like me, just not do the low Niffin rep. That's true. And never have the ability to fly. That's that's right. Now, when we get dragon riding in the old world, you know, it won't Might get an issue. fixed yeah but yeah it'd be nice if they could if you could set it like as a toggle but um but yeah regular flying in dragon isles it's yeah it's funny this would be a much bigger deal if dragon flying didn't exist right yeah <laughs> but but um but no it's cool that they're they're sort of basically making the whole world you know the same like adding the same sort of features and stuff like that everywhere so um Next up is um, some some larger news or some some solid news. I guess we could say is that the curios, uh, which of course are, are Omni tokens, you could call them, uh, basically that allowed you to purchase a set piece are coming back. Um, it looks like the the um, the uh, AOTC achievement, so the, the curve achievement, um, will reward a uh, what they're calling a flame warped curio, which is the new just currency name for it. Um, that lets you pick up a set piece, um, uh, one, one set piece. So if you get ATC week one, it's automatically have one piece, uh, which is awesome. Um, and they um, they also believe it. Also, if they're adding it to ATC, the expectation is more than likely we will see these same curios being dropped from uh, what's Firak, uh, the final boss of Amdrasil. <laughs> Am is that how you say that? Amir Drasil. <laughs> Amir Drasil. Um, so the final boss. So basically, Curio is coming back, both from AOTC and the final boss. It looks like, which is great in terms of set bonus um, acquisition for the raid. Right? It seems like you should be able to basically kit out the majority of your raid. You know, in in four piece, if you're sort of any sort of you know hardcore, semi hardcore type type raiding guild, um, or I guess progression type raiding guild would be the better way to describe that. Um, you'll be able to get, you know, your set pieces on specific people who may have missed out on drops, you know, and, and things like that. Or, or, you know, if it's week two, have missed out on some vault uh, luck, we'll say. Um, but yeah, good. I think this is great change. Great to keep it in the game. Um, yeah, the other thing that this does, so if you clear AOTC week one, everybody gets a two set. If you clear AOTC, or if you clear heroic and normal, you also get 36 tier tokens. Which means that you can give almost a full 20-person roster uh, four set on week one. You can give 18 people four set. Nice. Uh, so week two, you can like finish that off with tokens from just doing one more heroic clear. That's not too bad. That's actually really... Good. I mean, I guess that 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 requires luck of actually getting tokens from bosses that you need, right? Too. Yeah, you kind of have to do the thing where you you um don't award any tokens until you see what you get from every boss, right? Yeah. Because if you get a bunch of venerated tokens that are just 
like you can't turn them into other types of tokens, then your curios need to not go to venerated people unless right. you have a lot of like paladins and priests. Which are stupid classes to play anyway, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> then uh, one of the last things from the interviews that we wanted to wanted to touch on. Uh, so Ian. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited. Ian mentioned in his interview with GameSpot a couple weeks ago that uh, they are, let's see, let me just read the read the thing. We are definitely open to uh, revamping the old world at some point. It is a shortcoming if you take a step back and think about World of Warcraft as an ongoing living world. We've kind of painted ourselves into a corner where we have all of these iconic locations, but we can't really use them because they have already been used. Um, so there's other comments that he made about like learning lessons from how Cataclysm was done was done and if they do a revamp they will do it um with chromie time basically available to go back to the old version yeah uh so the current zones as they are will remain available um but now but, like oh sorry uh it's uh i would be excited about this because i think the zone design for a lot of the old cataclysm zones is not great it's with today's lens yeah yeah i mean i think yeah yeah because like cataclysms like cataclysm to me is like where you get to like wow well they've talked about this that's like the second phase of wow right it's like the we've we've gone through the original three expansions and now we've gone and done a revamp that i think was more in line with how the it's closer aligned to the, how the modern game plays right than than how yeah. everything pre-cata did but yeah now you still have like what we are we are we are we have been with cataclysm the cataclysm world longer than the original wow world exists if you think about it that way right and yeah. so like there's another there's a chance for another revamp and i think the like a lot of the feedback you get from cataclysm is you know you either love it or you hate it and i think the the main reason people always cite at least when i i've talked to friends about this is like the main reason people dislike it is that it 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 destroyed a lot of what you started playing the game as. So like the classic game is no longer there, right? You just have Cataclysm. Right. And so I think at moving forward, now that they have this sort of phasing technology, right? It'll be interesting to see how far they can take that because like the ability to like, say level through say a Cataclysm version of the world. And then when you get to max, the world sort of changes based on the max level story. And now you get like, I don't know, the 10.0 version of Northern Barrens, which is, you know, maybe slightly more repaired and healed, right? Um yeah. than, than what it is today. So no, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think this is something they need to do. I but I I don't know. I I'm hopeful they don't do another cataclysm, which is, you know, totally like basically rebuild the game from the ground up. I think they can intersperse some things and and sort of use a lot of the phasing technology they have to yeah. to spruce up yeah. the old world. So and maybe take us back. Like maybe see, this is the only problem like that I, I have with this is like cataclysm bad from like uh, not well liked because of that reason, like the world changing. And then the other reason I think a lot of people don't like cataclysm is like it's the only expansion where you didn't get a new landmass where like you had like we had a the brand four new zones. Land. Right. But they were sort of intermixed in between it. And like if you I don't know when I played at the time, I didn't really like this. I didn't really care about the story, but to me, it was just annoying because I'd be like, I'm going to go to Twilight Highlands at max. And I was in, you know, what was the zone before that? Like old, old, old Amon or whatever that Southern 
zone is. And it's like all the way across the world had to travel so much. So it would be cool if as a part of maybe the next expansion of the revamp, eventually, like you basically just replay the old zones, like not one for one, but like the story changes yeah. inside of them for like max level stuff. So or high level content. Yeah. Um, but cool world revamp more than likely, more than likely coming. We'll say, um, to I don't know if I'd go that far. Like his answer was kind of cagey. It's like, a uh, you know, we, we, we could do it. We're open to doing it, but it wasn't like a, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. It's kind of a, kind of a, I think I, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's also like an acknowledgement of like, from his point of view of like, we probably like the way I read it was like, yeah, if we're going to like, we, it was more of like they acknowledged like the fact that they need to do a world update at some point and whether that's a 10.0 thing or 11.0 thing. I guess you're right. It's something that's coming. Yeah. Um, or it could be a 10. Dot, or we're in 10. Dot, right? So 11.0 uh, or 12.0 thing. I always forget yeah. what expansion number, what version of the game we're on. <laughs> I'm going to uh, disrupt this podcast momentarily to uh, kill Discord because okay. it is killing my internet. I've been monitoring. We're dropping a ton of frames on Twitch. Sorry about that. Um, That's going to also impact the YouTubes later. And uh, it is because Discord is uh, tripling the data usage of of OBS. Well, luckily, that was at a very opportune time. We were just sort of transitioning topics. But um, yeah. yeah. You want to get into the... uh, we got some class tuning. We got some notes for Mistweaver. We got some um, augmentation nerfs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, and, and general actual healing cooldown nerfs. Yes, yeah. Yeah, across the board. So, I mean, maybe we t- take these in a couple of points. So, the, the augmentation nerfs are very targeted um, at, uh, like, their Mythic Plus power. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've they've done some... Like aspects favor health increases have been reduced. Evan might uh, has been reduced in terms of its power, and then um, molten blood absorption has been reduced. So uh, a couple of like key utility and, and sort of um, you know spells that are are very uh, very much specific to um, uh, very much specific to like their power in Mythic Plus. So we'll see how this translates. Um, I mean, I think the the underlying issue with augmentation is that it it scales everyone else in the group um, along with providing a ton of defensive ability, right? Or utility, right. I guess you could say. So unless they start to gut things and make it, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there, I think we talked about this when, when augmentation was first sort of announced and discussed is like, it's such a razor thin margin of like either great, um, you know, um, great power, awesome, you know, awesome, um, awesome um like class or whatever or spec um or it's just bad (laughs) right yeah there's really not a lot of like in between stuff with augmentation but a couple of minor you know changes and then you know we'll you know or not minor but a couple of small changes i think to just get the tuning just about right um so um so yeah so there is there is that and then yeah in terms of like the raid wide cooldowns you know Basically, what they targeted were non-healing raid-wide cooldowns. So, Rallying Cry got a nerf, I think, from 20% additional HP to 15%. Um, Darkness got a slight nerf down to 15% from a proc perspective. Um, 
think those are the only two major ones. Or sorry, Rallying Cry went from 15 to 10, my fault. And then, you know, Darkness is down to 15% chance to to um, ignore damage. So, or have reduced, it's totally ignore, right? Yeah, avoid all damage. Yeah. Um, they basically hit every DPS. Well, they hit every, actually, DR healing cooldown, except for the ones that have limited area, like Barrier. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. So it was good, um... I mean, not that it's good, but I think that's in line with what they're overall talked about. We talked about last week in terms of healing philosophy for for moving into ten two, um, sort of reduce the the power of uh of um of just you know healing in general. So, um, yeah, a lot of that went um went in um went in this week. And then before we get to the Mistweaver stuff, there was a number of Windwalker changes at least announced. I don't know if all these are in the PTR just yet, um. But they have changed some of the two set and four set interact or um, percentages. So damage is now increased by 150%, or blackout kick damage now increased 150% with the Windwalker two set, and then um, cooldown reduction for the from the four set increased to two seconds, which was one second. And they did acknowledge the um, the uh, the triggering ability, uh, the triggering of the the set bonus. So um, so yeah. Um, that is so specifically they i so it's works. a weird concept okay so what they said uh the auto attack trigger was not accomplishing the intended goal of providing uh the new buff name windfoot it's the second time they changed it only during lulls and quiet points in the rotation We've updated the bonus to trigger off of all melee ability damage and normalized trigger frequency as a result. Mm -hmm. That's such a weird way to do, like, oh, we only want this to go off when you're at a lull in your rotation. But it only, it's like Fists of Fury and, uh, and Spinning Crane Kick that prevent autos the other abilities don't so it may not actually be a lull in the rotation it's just a weird trigger yeah yeah and i think i mean i think it's it also i think just from like a an optics perspective more maybe more than functionality is it like it's such a nuanced reason as to why things don't proc that they'd want to they probably are just doing this to like a, basically make it easier for the general population of the game to understand why or why not something's going to trigger right so like the idea of like people not realizing that like you don't auto when you're spinning or you're channeling fist of fury is sort of a something that most normal i should i shouldn't say normal <laughs> but more than likely the majority of like a windwalker a nor like a more casual windwalker might not realize so i think yeah yeah, that's I think that's a portion of it yeah the way they phrase it though like lull or quieter points in the rotation just makes me seem like well why would you want damage bonus procs to, to proc when you're you don't need the damage <laughs> so um but yeah so that's a that's the windwalker notes they're still getting some changes looking at the the two set and four set mostly which is which is good still you know some some nice stuff there um but yeah on to the the misweaver changes so there was a couple of things that were announced and then they actually made a post a blue post for misweaver which by the way i believe is the first blue post since they mentioned they were going to make a blue post during Shadowlands beta that's been like directly related to Mistweaver. Um, so you've been waiting for this a while. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, like, uh, just a, let's take a little time machine back. I don't know if it was actually during Shadowlands beta, but like during Shadowlands, there was like a big post about how they're changing things with Mistweaver. And they're like, we're going to come back later 
and like talk about it. They do that for every class. So like these are all the things we're you know changing, looking at, and then like we'll follow up through this thing. Miss Weaver only ever got the introductory posts. We never got any follow-ups. <laughs> Literally from like the time that went what live until now. So like what you got to take the wins when you get them. We got a blue post. Congratulations, us. Um, but before we get into that, there was a couple things in the notes that were that came out. So the first one was. Um, since they were increasing all of our single target healing last round, they did miss one uh, ability, which was the Soothing Mist from Jade's Serpent Statue. So that got a 40% increase uh, in healing. That's in line with just the other Soothing Mist updates they made in the the, the previous version of this, uh, the PCR last week. Um, so that's good. Um, they clarified and, and sort of put into words what we already knew, which was the four set now stores up to 20% of all healing, was 15%. Um, so that was already known. They just didn't make a direct note about it. Um, and then Unison's range, which if you're not familiar with Unison, Unison is the capstone talent that makes your soothing mist channel on a second target. Mm-hmm. Um, they increased that range from 40 yard or from 15 yards to 40 yards, which is really good considering, you know, yeah, just where I don't know how you really. like you would have to like drop your statue in melee and then do the unison well, it's, in melee. The unison buff is off of the t- person you're targeting with Soothing Mist. It'll oh, target okay. someone within 15 yards there. So really, it was like if you target someone in melee, it's going to heal someone in melee. Now it should okay. heal potentially another you know, injured target, a little bit wide range. Yeah. But then the big change, which um, I'll say many people not exactly excited about, w- was to Healing Elixir. So Healing Elixir if, um, has been redesigned to be a passive-only effect. So previously, healing elixir, healing elixir, of course, was the defensive ability where if you hit the button, it would heal you for a percentage of your health, uh, and then it would also auto trigger if you were below a pers- a, uh, a certain percentage. Um, and so it was a nice little like you could use it proactively if you needed it, or you know it would also proc if you got low. Um, so what um, what they redesigned it to is now it's fully passive. You will consume a healing elixir when you drop below 35% health and are not in a loss of control effect, instantly healing you for 15% of your maximum health, and you'll generate uh, one healing elixir every 30 seconds, stacking up to two times. Um, and so the idea is, is um, they wanted to add, and they clarified this in the blue post, and so sort of flip between the two now. But basically what they're doing is they're just providing a sort of a more passive defensive ability to Mistweaver, yeah. um, which in which is not something you need to manage or trigger and things like that. The problem that I have with this statement is that old healing elixir did have a auto proc component to it. <laughs> that part's not new. Um, they just really took away the ability to be proactive with hitting it. I think um, the brewmaster has probably put the put the fear of god in them with regards to action bar space right like brewmaster has a lot of buttons and it's a constant complaint for the community and so i think they are cognizant of of going okay in 10.2 we're giving you an extra button that in order to really be you know the best mystery for you can be you have to take and you have to use well Mm -hmm. especially a low cooldown uh ability like healing elixir yeah yeah, and it was used primarily. I mean, you'll you won't find healing elixir in a lot of like standard raid builds and things like that. Because generally speaking, as an HPS ability, it's not very good, right? Yeah. However, where you'd see it mostly used is actually in Mythic Plus, where being able to heal yourself, like if you're at sitting at 80% and having a button to just get you to hundred because you need to be at hundred to survive the next ability coming. Right. Um, is just helpful. It was also um 
it was off the GCD. So it was something you yeah. could hit whenever you wanted. So you could hit it, be healing someone else, and then you're basically, you know, two people are now safe in your group. Is is Healing Elixir currently in the Masuva tree? No, it's uh I okay. think it's in the the It's only Brewmaster. Oh, it's only Brewmaster. Yeah. I thought we then we had it. Do we not have it in our tree? I thought we did. Now I'm gonna I think like Misweaver has it. Well when we did have it, it was very scary. Yeah. It was in um, the it was in the tree. It was on a, a shared row for everybody. Gotcha. Maybe you maybe you have it in your current tree. Yeah, we do have it in our current tree. I'm sorry. Okay. It's yeah. in, but it's in the Misweaver tree. So yeah. um but when yeah, Walker it's just a yeah, when Walker doesn't, yeah. So um, I thought I knew we did. <laughs> you, you scared me for a second. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so it's 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 basically yeah they've they've changed it to more passive ability. So um, this is the first iteration of it. So there was a lot of feedback that I know that we gave, uh, particularly from the Mythic Plus side, gave about how um, this didn't really feel great. Now in the blue post that followed, because we only got that data mine change to start with, then Blizzard did yeah. make this blue post. And basically what they said, which is interesting, is that they want to remove the button that Healing Elixir is and replace it with a button called Expel Harm, which if you're new to Mistweaver, you might not know this ability exists. Um, we have it today. Um, no one ever presses it. I don't actually have it bound on my bars. Um, There's a lot actually- of... For, for reference, there's a lot of talents in the class tree that interact with Expel Harm. And all of those are dead for Mistweaver right now. You path through some of them in order to pick up other healing nodes, but Expel Harm itself, you don't use. Yeah, that's not a button you use. So what they're doing is they're basically um, sort of essentially increasing the power of Expel Harm and making it more of a single target. Basically making it take over the old healing elixir position. Um, so giving us basically two new defensive buttons to, or two new defensive abilities, right? They're making healing elixir passive, taking some of, to your point, the um, the button strain off of Mistweaver, um, but then also giving us a buffed, well, I'm assuming it'll be buffed, but a more potent healing elixir that basically would take the position of, or sorry, a more potent expel harm which will then take the um, take the uh, take the um, take the position of what healing elixir used to be. So basically, gain potentially a passive like heal when we get low, yeah. Um, and then also can continue to have the active healing component of it. So um, we'll see how this works out. I mean, this is their sort of they, uh, none of the expel harm changes have been implemented, so we don't know exactly what they mean. Um, but it seems like they're sort of that's their direction. Um, they have said so currently today with expel harm if you cast expel harm while you're on the person you're soothing using soothing mist on um it like duplicates the healing on you and that person they're removing that in this version so it seems like expel harm's turning into just a like personal. button you press to heal yourself like a personal yeah healing, basically like a desperate prayer but hopefully yeah. on a lower cooldown i i have very mixed feelings about making this kind of thing on gcd yeah like personal defensives on the GCD suck. It's just it sucks. Like yeah. and this has been super apparent for Brewmaster. Like I played Blood DK in Vault of the Incarnates. Anti Magic Shell is off the GCD. It's extremely good. It fills a very similar role to Celestial Brew. You use it in very many of the same scenarios, and it feels so much better to be off the GCD. Mm-hmm. Going back to Brewmaster for Avarice, just 
Celestia Brew being on the... Like, you get so used to being able to precisely time your AMS that when you try and do it with Celestia Brew, you just miss the window and die. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's also because it if they keep Expel Harm on the GCD, at least for Misweaver, there's generally always going to be another button you want to press other than Expel Harm, depending on what yeah. they do with it, right? Like... You could cast Vivify on yourself, and then you're not only healing yourself, but you're healing maybe someone in your party in your raid also that might need it. So, I mean, I think in my mind, we'll see exactly what this looks like. A couple people have sort of put out that, like, it would be nice if Expel Harm included not only healing, but, like, a damage reduction, like a fade almost, right? Or, like, reduce the healing really low and give us a DR for a couple of seconds. Um, So that would be a nice nice change. Um, But we'll, we'll see how this all plays out at the end of the day. Um, but they're looking at Expel Harm. It's honestly hasn't been a button we've pressed in years. Um, to be fair, I think I've pressed this button more on the one tier that I that I tanked Annihilotha. Oh, yeah, you, you pressed uh, it as your master. <laughs> yeah, is, I, but not uh, at all so, as a misleader. So in like the 10 years I've played this class, respect. So like uh, Brewmaster has a bunch of special handling in the Expel Harm talents that make them apply to Gift of the Ox when consumed by Expel Harm. Specifically, Strength of Spirit, which makes them heal for double when you're low health. And that lets you get, you know, basically a lay on hands for yourself. Nice, Um, nice. Which is just extremely, extremely potent. Um, So you do pressure this Brewmaster. But, like, at least for Brewmaster, it's got, like, a reduced GCD. It's got, like, a 0.75 second GCD. And maybe for, I don't know. Like, there are times that that comes into play. It's way less, like, there's the preventative versus reactionary uh, thing for defensive cooldowns. And Celestial Brew is preventative. You want to push it beforehand. And it really sucks to have that on the GCD. It feels super bad. Uh, And then Expel Harm, like, occasionally you run into things. But it's fundamentally a reactive button. And it's okay to have that be on the gcd if it's a lot more like death strike right where death strikes right. on the gcd and feels fine death strike feels good um expel harm like hitting expel harm and just having it top you is just like it feels fine it's it's fine uh i so this one i feel like mr may interact with it a little bit differently because you're gonna have to choose between healing somebody else or healing yeah. yourself um but that's i guess a choice you already kind of have to make when you choose who to target with a vivify or something Exactly. And it could be good, like in movement intent, like where you're moving and, you know, assuming it says it's instant cast self, like you, you know, yeah, you could use it on yourself as you're moving. So we'll see what the final like breakout of how they build expel harm for us. But yeah, it looks like they want us to start pressing it more, which will be fun. Um, And the only other final note as a part of this blue post, which is actually extremely good news. I mentioned this last week, but um, our four set, not all healing that we do feeds into the four set um, currently on PTR. And so Blizzard came out and basically said, like, all healing, aside from the other accumulators, so healing from She Harmony or Lessons of Anger, um, is intended to contribute to the final healing of the the burst of your four set. Um, So, yeah, so good news there is that Blizzard at least acknowledges that they are missing incorporating some of the healing we do into the four set bonus, which will only increase four set power. So, um, good good news all around for Misweavers. New buttons to press little new look on our defensive capabilities and tier set solid tier set changes so it's it's very weird to be a misweaver right now i mean most people are just waiting for them to like 
pull the rug yeah, out. Shoot which is, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is which is typically what happens. But I mean, all the changes right now are have been solid. And I mean, the single target healing changes we've gotten are just a bad, just sort of a, a an effect of Blizzard's overall healing redesign. So it's not specific to Mistweaver, right? Like other healers have have seen similar tuning with their more single target focus spells. So, um. But yeah, that is mostly mo actually all of the misweaver changes I'll say for the, for this PTR. So some still some good things to to talk about. Maybe next week we'll get the expel harm. You know, at least the first look at what expel harm is going to look like for us. Yeah. And, um, let me start talking a little bit more about that. But yeah, honestly, like one of the biggest things is I think you're about to bring this up. All the DR cooldowns getting nerfed. Misweaver doesn't have one. That elevates misweaver, even without buffing misweaver. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's that where a lot of people, it's, it's of course, tier list season. And if you're in uh, Mistweaver Lounge or Duck Lounge, as we call it, don't post your stupid tier list because they don't mean anything. Um, it will get you in trouble. Um, but in any event, it is tier list season. So, I mean, everything tuning-wise is up in the air. Like, you don't really know anything until you get to start testing some of the Mythic bosses. But now Mistweaver looks to be in a good position. And I think, you know, right now, barring any major, I mean, well, there's going to be major changes, but in the current you know, grand scheme of things, our four set is probably the strongest of the other healing classes, which is which is nice, nice position to be in. So, yeah. Um, Speaking of raid testing, um, <laughs> we tested supposed was supposed to be actually the remaining four heroic bosses this week. We tested three of them. One of them got skipped due to technical issues, um, and actually, those issues manifested when people were doing the normal runs. Some of the some of the mechanics just didn't function; like it was broken scripts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was like, a, okay, we need to go back and redesign some bits of this so we're just not going to finish implementing it. Or if it was a, we couldn't get the scripts working and we need more time to, to, to get the scripts working. Either way, we tested uh, Volkaros, uh, Nimue, and uh, Tindril, what's his name? The dragon riding boss. Okay. Uh, Tindril Stage Swift, I think is what it is. And um, of those... Volkaros and Nimue are both kind of currently like what I've been calling the the Neo Patchwork kind of bosses, okay. where they're the Sledgefist style, Guardian the First One style. They're uh, a boss with a specific, uh, usually a specific enrage, but they're very much just a, a throughput test of the player. Mechanics are very straightforward. The goal is just to do the most biggest numbers you can do for the whole duration of the fight uh, and kill it before it kills you. Very much a just a kill it before it kills you kind of ordeal, um, but with more mechanics than actual patchwork mm-hmm, by a yeah. lot. Um, and in that regard, Volkaros feels good. Uh, it maybe needs... Well, I guess, like, Mythic adds a lot of positioning constraints to it. The Mythic mechanic currently listed in the Dungeon Journal, which we haven't tested yet, this was heroic testing, is that you have, well, I guess, to lay some groundwork, he's a big snake. He puts debuffs on people that represent little snakes that do damage and make you spread. And when they expire, those little snakes slither to other targets and debuff them. And so you just have these debuffs kind of cycling around through the raid uh, all the time, and those people need targeted healing, and they need to not be stacked and all this stuff. Well, uh, on Mythic, every time they are going to switch targets, you need to have people soak the person that had the debuff. 
Gotcha. So there's this extra positioning constraint going on uh, that I think is going to make it just a, a good fight. On heroic testing, the numbers were all really low, so it just was not like the healers were bored. The DPS check was trivial. Just was not a great heroic encounter, but I think that entirely gets fixed with bigger numbers. Like, it's a big snake. You're in kind of the radiance of Ajara, kind of like circular platform where the boss is in the center uh-huh. and you're on a ring outside. It forces the raid to split. Uh, one group has to go right, one group has to go left. There's a big group soak that happens on each side and you have to uh, have enough people in each of them. It's like minimum four. If you uh, the, the kind of like if you don't have at least four, it wipes the raid kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you move... Uh, those leave like permanent puddles and you just move around the room and eventually meet back up at the other side of the donut. And then if the boss isn't dead, he hardened rages and you all die. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting. That boss seems fine. Nimue does not. <laughs> Nimue actually, uh, if there's a scar of this tier, it's Nimue. Oh no. Okay. Um, and much like Skarn had a bunch of implementation issues and just like weird jank and unclear mechanics on his heroic testing, so does Nimue. Nimue's core conceit is that there's these lines on the floor that have walls that that spawn from them. And you can cross the walls, kind of like the Sisters of the Moon boss from from Tomb of Sargeras. Crossing them gives you a debuff. Heroic Sisters of the Moon, it only gave you a debuff, right? It didn't give the rated debuff. Um, And so you needed to cross them uh, for certain mechanics. There's these lines that go out and chase people, and you have to drag them through a wall. Um, And if you don't, it blows up the raid. If you do, it does a little bit of damage to you. So you take them through a wall, and then you soak it, and it's fine. Um, And then periodically, the wall's locations change. Uh, But just throughout the boss everything just had really mechanical technical issues and the fight as a whole was just really slow and did not have like most of the time most of the players had no mechanics oh god that's awful yeah so like i actually thought this boss was going to get removed from testing too because it had so few mechanics listed and it just like it just doesn't yeah. Anyway, like if you're playing in melee, ground targeted effects are extremely janky, and you basically have to use an app player macro in order to make them reliably go off. Uh, which for me at least means changing all of my macros from at cursor to at player. Um nice. or you have to go with a two-click approach where you like hit the button that gives you the targeting reticle and you you place it. Uh, otherwise you can't really target it effectively because it'll it just won't go off. <laughs> um the walls, when you cross them, sometimes will give you two stacks of the debuff. Actually, not sometimes. Frequently will give you two stacks of the debuff. Gotcha. The lines okay. that you're supposed to take through the walls. Um, when you take them through the wall, there's a delay sometimes before you can soak them. But you can't tell from the animation of the thing that's chasing you when it's safe to soak. But they don't gotcha. immediately on crossing a wall uh turn off basically see what what we kind of ended up realizing is we uh after the testing is that we were having people like soak them immediately after they went through the wall and they had not always turned off yet even though they did go through a wall gotcha yeah that 
that could be hopefully that's just due to like maybe that's just ptr lag issue like you it, know what it I mean? could like, be but also like, like of, yeah that jank though is yeah that's annoying yeah Very and then annoying. like the um the tank like the tank mechanic is this very it's like a zymox thing where you take it and you run away yeah um and it's just like volkaros had this issue where everything's red the floor is red the mechanics are red but at least like for the most part it didn't really matter it would it, like it didn't really matter the the only thing you had to not stand in is like very bright and clear uh-huh and everything that you did have to stand in, you knew where it was going to spawn, so it didn't matter if you could see it super clearly. Volkros, red on red, would be nice to see that fixed, but ultimately not that big of a deal. Vol- uh, Nimue, everything's green. Nice. And it was a major problem. I can imagine, because a lot of like healing spells are green on the ground, too. <laughs> or like That is true. But also, like the tank debuff, uh, is this very light translucent green. And the boss does a cast on the tank. And if you happen to miss the cast, that's the tank debuff, which is the same length, same like everything as the regular cast. It also has this really, really, really annoying thing where it does, um, if you taunt during it, it'll apply to the target that taunted during it. Oh, so it swaps. Okay. Like traditionally with caster bosses, you want to taunt during the tank mechanic cast. So that the person with the tank mechanic doesn't immediately get the next cast on them. Because if you taunt during a regular cast, she doesn't switch targets. That's awful. That's got to yeah. be fixed. That's yeah. got to be fixed. Um, so that was really annoying. Uh, but anyway, if you missed seeing the cast and you don't have big wigs or a weak aura yelling at you that you've got the debuff, you basically couldn't see it. Um, so that was really annoying. On the whole, the boss was just like... Even if they fix all the technical issues. And there's actually there's another mechanic that just like basically didn't come into play. Like the walls will explode at times and they'll leave like puddles. And if you stand in the puddles, then you take 99% reduced damage from the dot from crossing it. But they didn't really line up with any of the mechanics that forced you to cross it. Gotcha. And you can't like you 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 can't risk kiting one of these lines around in a circle inside one of the small segments uh without crossing a line so you can't like wait for it to spawn one yeah it was just like it it just like yeah structurally the boss has a lot of problems in ways that remind me of scarn scarn the timers did not fit together in a cohesive way that made the boss fun right nimue the boss is just really slow like and there's actually one final thing for it uh Every time you get through the intermission phase where she like spawns the walls, the next intermission is closer, but none of the other mechanics seem to speed up. Right. Maybe gotcha. they did. Uh, I would have to like I would have to look at a log to tell if they sped up. Maybe they do. The fact that I would have to look at a log means that if they do speed up, it doesn't matter because you can't yeah, it's feel like, it. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that boss needs a lot of work. Like, a lot, a lot of work. If there's a boss that's going to get reworked, like Council of Blood or Halundras, that one needs it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, which, we're, we're, like, at time, but I want to talk about the dragon running boss. And this is going to be short, because honestly, that boss is really fucking good. Really? Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so right, let's explain this. So get, get me on board with this because any okay. any vehicle boss have traditionally not been great. We'll so say. here's the trick. Okay. Okay. You're not dragon riding. I, it doesn't. I'm not gonna lie. It doesn't make sense. But okay, okay, let's hear this. So the boss has three platforms. Okay. Every platform is just a regular boss fight. Okay, and those are good. All those like I'm not gonna go through the mechanics. They're just good fight. Like it's a if you just like had a thing that you went and clicked to go from one platform to the next one, it would be a structurally like good boss fight. It would be fine. I bet you if you fell through a floor, best boss fight ever, by the way. <laughs> well, the the dragon riding for at least heroic is only for going in between the platforms. Okay. And that by itself is not particularly interesting, right? That's kind of just like Tracking riding in the straight line from platform to platform. There's yeah. obstacles in the way. There are fire orbs that are there. And actually, in between the second and third platforms, those fire orbs move in different ways. And so you got to dodge them as you're getting across. They don't one shot. You have to okay. eat like three of them in order to die. So it's like you have room for error. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boss is going to fly across as well. And you can actually you can get there before the boss does. That's possible. Oh, okay. Uh, and when the boss lands, he's going to do this supernova cast. And you have to, uh, he's going to get a shield. You have to break the shield before he finishes the cast in order to stop the cast or the raid wipes. Mm-hmm. So in order to help enable that, there are green orbs among the red orbs that you're supposed to dodge. The green orbs give you vigor to help you get across more quickly. So you get, you know, you get to fly faster. Uh-huh. And then also they give you a damage buff. Oh, nice. Or, or okay. They give the whole rate of damage buff, not just. Yeah, yeah. So for the first one, you can get 10. The second one, I think you can get 11 or 12. Um, oh, wow. And each one is a 5% buff. So it's like a 50%, 60% damage buff. But ultimately, the biggest thing for us that we ended up figuring out, like we saw the final phase a few times. Um, no. Well, okay. We saw the final platform a few times. We did not see the final. We only saw the final phase with actually everybody alive once. Oh. Um you have you really just need your dps to speed to the other platform they have to go fast right so it's actually the dragon riding phase is as close as they could get to putting like a dragon riding race in a raid boss without actually making it the make or break of the fight right like ultimately when we get to this on mythic we're going to just have like there's kind of lanes of the orbs that you can use so you can kind of gotcha. like pick, say like, hey, all the DPS go down the right lane. You just yeah. go through the the same orb as the people in front of you and you just pick up the vigor and you just keep going and you get there and you land and you DPS the boss immediately and you let the healers uh, go through the left lane that takes longer and pick up the rest of the orbs. Um, because even if you're already on the ground, you still get the damage buff. Oh, that's nice. Okay, that's fun. So like, yeah, so you could basically split it yeah, to that point. You could split up your raid, and basically, some people can be more fo- even more focused on. I guess the orbs because they give vigor. Everybody wants to get them, but still, right. you can you can split up the raid and have like yeah, the longer pathway be taken by like healers or tanks, and then right or a tank and like shorter pathway could be taken by DPS. Yeah. That's fun. And you said yeah. like the, so the the individual platforms are solid too, just in terms of like mechanics. Yeah. In the fight. So like the conceit is he's a druid. On the first platform, he turns into a moonkin, and he will spawn these fire beams. And he'll sunfire the whole raid. He does like the Zen Kiki thing where just like sunfire on everybody. Yeah. Um, 
And that's just the, mostly healing thing. The fire beams leave permanent puddles and they spawn tornadoes and like all this stuff. Um, and what we ended up doing is like starting on one side of the platform, it's a gigantic circular platform. Like this platform yeah. is the size of this office room. Oh, okay. Nice. It's big. And so we started on one side and we just crossed every time he did fire beams, we do a big move towards the next, towards the spot where we wanted to, to mount up and go towards the next platform. Um, and then on the second one, he turns into a treant, like rested a treant form. Mm-hmm. And he will do tranquility that spawns basically grubs from um, Kragmaw in Underrot. Uh, actually, maybe closer to the mushrooms from the third boss of Underrot. Uh, okay. But you just have to soak them. Like you, where you might in Underrot have your tank hit a defensive and run through them and then get dispelled. Similar deal without the dispel. Okay. Um, and any that you miss turn into trees that do pulse the great damage. Uh, sure. and there's other mechanics going on like those are just the special like phase mechanics there's other stuff going on there's a new tank mechanic that's pretty neat that I like um, and just like then on fa- on the final phase he does both forms so gotcha. you deal with all of the mechanics um, and I mean honestly just the fight was fun like I, I, had, I had a good time with it um, the one thing the one thing that was not great the transition from the platform to dragon riding, you have to pick up a feather. The way you do that is you walk up to one and you hit your extra action button. But okay. if multiple people walk up to one, only one of them gets to use it. It's like it's despawning and respawning really quickly, basically. Or like, no, it, it, it just despawns. It's kind of like okay. it's every one of them is single use. There's like 30 of them that spawn. So there's one for everybody. But this led to things like a priest running around, getting to one, hitting the extra action button, but somebody else had already taken it. Gotcha. So they had to then run to a different one. So the slow people in your raid just like get it was screwed. Just be behind, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I almost want to say like, sorry. Yeah, they, they spawn in the random patterns. You can't just assign it. Like if it were like a oh, ride along thing yeah. where it was like a consistent pattern, you could just say, like, here's where you go for yours, then that would be good. Um, or if they were multi use, which is what I think is ultimately the better change, is yeah. just to say like you can just everybody can interact with a feather and it, it doesn't matter. Because it's ultimately not really adding difficulty. It's just frustrating. That was yeah. the only thing in the fight that I was like, that kind of sucks. That's awesome, though. That sounds like a lot of fun. The whole, like, yeah, like, the, the intermission between the phases is not just, like, a waiting for RP thing or, like, yeah, like, ra- like you know, what was it, Rashad, like, getting knocked to the platforms. Like, it's uh, there's, like, some interactive stuff there. So that's really yeah. cool. There's And it's, in some ways, it's similar to the, the Sarkareth downstairs phase where like you're running around and picking up the little things yeah. that give you the haste buff, except that you're dragon riding around and picking up green orbs to give everybody a, a damage buff. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. You know, uh, it's it's cool. And one of the the one of the mythic changes is that someone we have to see how it actually works when we do the testing in two weeks. But some number of people have to actually dragon ride during the main phase in order to catch okay. things that they're falling from the sky. Oh, I want that job. Oh, yeah so i know right it sounds like a neat thing yeah, like you catch really it cool. and then you like dive bomb the thing onto the boss and it does damage to the boss oh that's super cool yeah that's awesome yeah i'm, so, I'm excited to start seeing the mythic version of these fights because that starts yeah. so i guess this is the this is those are these were the last heroic fights that we were testing and then normal yeah. normal is open all this weekend yep um which that boss that i mentioned was was skipped for heroic testing, like I said, was broken in, in yeah. the normal runs. People were able to kill it, just like mechanics didn't function. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, 
we will see uh, what the Mythic versions look like. Mythic ver- testing starts next week. Very excited about that. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to actually, hopefully, feel the group. Uh, yeah. So we will we will see. But uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Awesome. No, it sounds like great testing this week. Because I mean, it sounds like the raid in general there, other than, say, Nimu, uh, or not, however you say that one. Yeah. Um, other than that, boss, it seems like the rest of them solid seems like a pretty good raid tier coming up which is cool yeah um yeah awesome the only other final thing i know we're, we're almost out of time we had a couple of technical difficulties we'll stay maybe a minute or two over um they did blizzard did do a patch uh for mythic plus um they did some global changes to mythic plus just to get these out there um they have basically increased the health of all creatures by 14 percent increased the damage um of all creatures and the and their abilities by 13.5 or six percent um and so just a general health and damage increase across the board mythic plus um the sort of a global or like you know aura scaling change to the dungeons uh, which yeah. is fair because i'd seen some things of like people in like net 10.2 like normal level gear clearing like 20s like yeah. two chesting 20s so and <laughs> there's a number of these that uh a number of spells that also got changed across especially the new dungeons the dungeons that are not um already mythic plus dungeons like everbloom and throne of the tides so there's a bunch mm-hmm. of those uh black or cold has a couple um so we will uh we will see how everything ends up but yeah they they buffed the dungeons this week because they were not tuned high enough not at all saw a couple of screenshots from ptr and i was like oh man am i gonna be, get my easy 20s done next uh next season so um like the answer is no <laughs> yeah no not with this buff so but um, but I think that is everything. Unless you've got any other, any other topics or no, comments. I think that about wraps it up. Can't wait to do have to splice together the three different videos from this episode. <laughs> Good luck. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be it for the show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this, you can support us over on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/BeaconSerenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to chat about Expel Harm and Healing Elixir for Mistweavers. And to mm-hmm. remind Anomaly that Healing Elixir is, in fact, in the Mistweaver tree. I just never click it. It's never taken. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye!